Hello, 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 hello. What's going on, guys? Well, how you doing, man? Man, I'm in a great mood. This is a little different. I'm actually sitting out on my lanai. It's only 90. You know, I can handle that. Got a lot of trees around. We're in the fall. Yeah, pumpkin spice. I actually bought a little coffee for the family. Are, aren't you supposed to do that? What's happening? I know we're all immersed in football now. Football, 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 football. Let's not forget about baseball. This is one of my more interesting subjects that I have ever interviewed or brought on to the Rock Stops Here podcast. He's a baseball guy, but he's an interpreter. He is the Spanish interpreter for the Major League Baseball Tampa Bay Rays. He's been doing this now for six years. Wait till you hear how he got the gig. He was a baseball player growing up in California. Uh, He first spoke Spanish, his Mexican heritage. He learned English. Um, Very, very smart. He played college baseball, Cal Poly. But it was around that time where he started, you know, he's, he was small. He's short, small. And he realized, you know, he always wanted to just be a major league baseball player. And for him to actually, you know, come to that realization, a lot of times it's, it's later in life. You know what? That's been my goal. I want to stay in baseball. I realize I'm not going to make it as a player. How can I stay in? And he got his degree. He, um, you know, he really started studying uh, strength, conditioning, kinesiology, uh, Cal Poly. Uh, He ends up being a trainer, speed, EM speed and power training. Then he gets a job with Major League Baseball as an assistant coach and head strength coach. And he goes to China to teach kids. Chinese kids, 12 to 18 years old, at their MLB Developmental Center, comes back to the United States, back as a performance coach, and then it was just a little thing about throwing batting practice. Hey, man, a guy calls him. A lot of times it's who you know. I've always said this. Opportunity comes when you are prepared, and if you get that chance, you got to come through, and he did. He threw a little batting practice for the Tampa Bay Rays. They were looking at a kid that they were scouting. Where do you hear who the kid was? And he didn't think anything of it. I think he said he drove something like two hours. Well, I'm not going to make much money on this. But you know what? Yay, because he was throwing BP. Threw BP. Next thing you know, boom, 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 boom. And he is on a major league field as the Tampa Bay Rays Spanish interpreter for all the Hispanic players on the Rays. I think they have over 10 now. And he's doing it, and he's loving it, and he's just a good guy. He's Manny Navarro. Manny Navarro is my guest on the Rock Stops Here podcast. And as always, if you're new to the podcast, after I uh, talk to my guest, I don't have him on too long. Manny might be a little less than 20 minutes or so. That's decent for me here. And uh, we did it at Tropicana Field. We did it right in the Rays dugout. We sat right in the dugout pregame and did this. And then after, I got stories and stories and stories and stories and stories, and I keep you entertained. So without further ado... He's a good guy, man. The Rays, Spanish interpreter. My man, Manny Navarro. 
All right, I am with the great Manny Navarro. He is the Spanish translator for the Tampa Bay Rays. He, you know, he's known as, okay, batting practice pitcher, but he's so much more than that. So much more than that. Did you ever think when you were playing at Cal Poly, did you ever think when you were in high school that you would be doing what you're doing in the big leagues, man? Hey, hey Rock, now thank you and thank you for having me on, but... Uh... You know, as a, as, a, as a teenager, as a kid, when you watch your first major league game and you think, you know, I want to be in the major leagues, you know, you think it's this easy goal of, like, I'm just going to be from here to there. And, you know, as time went on, you realize there's the reality of, of a sport. But you know what? I, I wanted to eventually get to the major leagues one way or another. And was it in this form? Not really. But I knew I wanted to get there one way or another. Incredible. Incredible story. Now, let's just go back a little bit. When you were growing up, good player, infielder, right? played in college if you're playing college baseball you're playing in california you got the skills when did you when when did it maybe come to the realization and and again you're young but when did it come to realization well like man i don't you know i don't know if i'm going to be able to actually make it as a major leaguer um it was probably i was just telling the story to my buddy the other day it was uh when i was probably 17 when the, the perfect game showcases were kind of becoming a thing uh, back then, you paid to, to show up. You weren't really invited at the time. They were still beginning. So I convinced my dad to let me go. And I was, you know, at 17, I was 130 pounds, 125 pounds, 5'3", five, 5'4". Five, and the realization of, like, man, there are a lot of really good baseball players uh, around. And I'm like, hey, maybe I might not make it to the major leagues, but I had already been playing in some collegiate leagues uh, a few summers prior to that. So I knew I could play in college one way or another, but... The reality set in that, all right, that's when I started lifting weights a little bit harder. <laughs> now, I noticed kinesiology. Um, where did that all come about uh, to study that and maybe start going in that direction? Well, going to my last comment, that's when I started working out. I've always been intrigued into training and exercising and and, and getting better at a, a sport, you know, physically. Um Back then, you know, the mental game wasn't as strong, but, you know, I figured if I'm there physically, I can make it one way or another. And so I had, uh, I walked on on, my, on that team. So when I, early on during practices, I guess you would say, um, I was just asking people what they were studying. And a, a good friend, a current still good friend of mine, who ended up becoming my boss, brought up the term kinesiology to me. I was a math major at the time and said, and I asked him, you know, what is kinesiology? And just said, oh, it's just like working out in the body. Next day, I went and changed my major and decided to learn about the body from that point on. Unbelievable. Now, you did strength, conditioning. I don't know if it was even mind stuff, but working with younger players um, at that time, were you just loving what you were doing and seeing how far that was going to go, Min? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like I said, I, I was very intrigued. I got introduced to that kind of training when I was in high school as well and I loved it I loved it I had a coach uh, that got us into strength and conditioning and stuff like that and so I I got I loved it I enjoyed it I could show that I can be just as good as the tall person next to me and so you know reversing the role and now being a coach of of a kid who wants to be that person you can learn have an advantage Physically, you know, I'm, I'm all there for it. Like I said, I wasn't the biggest person on the field, but if I can at least match up to those guys, I want to be able to at least have some success. I'm going to have to do this, and so I want to teach that to, to the younger generation and younger players. So you were doing that, and then I noticed that you actually went to the MLB Academy in China, 
and we're 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 working with you know young people there. What was that experience like? Just being over there and the culture, and then also doing what you were doing. Oh, it was a great experience. Uh, I I got through that program or the exposure of it through two college coaches of mine. Um, one one of them, Bill Thomas, rest in peace. He passed away a few years ago. He's the one that. As a player in at Cal Poly, he recognized that I might be a good coach, you know, through conversation, through just interacting with them. And so, you know, post-college, you know, I was, I was doing strength and conditioning. I got an email. Um, I knew he was debating taking a contract to go out there and found out through the other coach that he had. And so when I found that out, he ended up emailing me asking for an opportunity, asking me if I wanted this opportunity to go out and teach and coach baseball across, across the world, which I hadn't really been across the country even at that point in my life. Uh, and it was an opportunity I couldn't pass up. So I did it for parts of four years. And 2014 and 15, I lived there 11, 11 months out of the year. I was some, in some part of Asia. Oh, my God. Did you did you get full into the culture, the food? That, 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 you know, we I was lucky enough, man, went to Tokyo when the Devil Rays were there and they played the Hanshin Tigers and uh, the other team. And then they also played the Yankees. And, you know, we stayed at the same team hotel that the Yankees and the Rays and it was all American. But then we ventured out and oh, my God, just everything. I mean, did you did you get in? Did you know, live that lifestyle? Or? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I love uh, I'm very picky about the Chinese food I eat now in America. I'm very oh. particular now. Um, and I was very close minded with food before that experience so yeah now i'll eat anything but uh i went yeah i try to to live in their culture it's their world not ours you know and we're and we're living in it just like i would you know people come from other countries into our country and you know they they learn the language they got to learn the culture and that's what i wanted to do going out there so my buddy and i one of my best friends who went out there with me uh we we had chinese lessons we had a chinese teacher uh, we had to take a taxi every day, so we had to speak. We had to interact with people on a daily basis. And once we got to our to our schools, we had translators or we had uh, office staff that also spoke English, so that was helpful. Uh, but that's where I kind of learned the whole translating uh, part of everything as well, because I needed a translator at one point. And so I learned kind of the dynamic of what that entails, you know, prior to this job. But it helped me with the current job that I have now, I think. Now, I loved your story. You were throwing BP to kids. And it was a buddy, I guess, uh, had turned you on to, hey, the Rays are looking at this number one prospect. They need somebody to throw batting practice. And at that time, did you think, well, sure, I'll do that. That's all it was? Yeah, I was uh, I was doing uh, doing it for a showcase company right before that with a buddy of mine. Um, and it was, he would pay me fairly well. And so all baseball events happened during, on the same weekends during the year. So I always I turned him down maybe four or five times prior to that. But he said, no, it's just for one player. The Rays are just looking at him. And I said, all right, yeah, I got I got a couple hours left in my day. And like I said, I've been getting paid well. So I, I just asked as curiosity if I'd get paid for it. And they said, we don't know. Um, but I went up, drove a couple hours to where I was going to go from where I was at. And uh, threw some BP, helped out with ground, with ground balls with, uh, with Jim Hoff. That's where I met him originally. And uh, they threw some BP to him. Um, kind of hung out a little bit. We got to, I didn't know the guy, but I'll let you know who the name was after the story. When you found out that he was a good player, I didn't know who he was. They gave me $40, and, and I took off. I went back to work, just went about my regular day, and the, the player was Royce Lewis. Oh, my God. Twins, I believe? Correct. Oh, my God. Okay, so then you did that. How did the call? How did it come about with the Tampa Bay Rays? Yeah, like I said, my friend uh, who knew the scout, they both texted me right around the same time a week later. Asking if I spoke Spanish. That's it. It's as simple as that. And I said, I do. 
Um, they reiterated it that, do you speak fluently? And I said, yeah, absolutely. Still with my parents and family members and all that. And uh, then they said it's very random, but they couldn't tell me what was going on, you know, what they were planning to do. And so I said, all right. And next thing you know, the scout told me that Eric Neander, the GM, is going to give you a call tomorrow, the next day. So I said, excuse me. I texted him back with this question, asking if this is reality. And he said, yeah, just have your phone on you. And sure enough, Eric Neander called me. We spoke for about 15 minutes the next day. Oh, my God. Did it start full-time right away once they brought you in, Manny? Uh, it was the discussions. We talked about it because the draft hadn't happened yet, and so we waited for the draft to be over. So it, it, in overall, from the day that that happened to the day I started, it was about a four-and-a-half-week process before it, all, before it all finally unraveled. Now, when you started doing that, you're at Major League Baseball. You're on camera. I mean, were you a little bit nervous uh, when you first started doing that? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I'm still nervous. There are times you just you just got to learn to work through it. You know, that's just like these athletes, you know, and that's what I've learned through coaching and through just experiencing, you know, that kind of, I don't want to say pressure, but that that sort of scenery. And so, no, it's it's it was a little nerve-wracking. There's a few things you, you learn. You know, you got to speak in first person and things like that, little tricks and knacks. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a skill set, I'd say. And what do you think the biggest the biggest thing for you to be successful in what you're doing? Is it you got to have like relationships or the players got to really trust you? Was there part of that or or, or, or no? What do, you, what do you think, Manny? Oh, that's my number one thing to, for myself. For my, my personal goal of mine is to get the trust of players, not just Latin players, but everyone in that clubhouse, one staff members, you know, anyone. Uh, because they're going to need me at some point to possibly interact with a Latin player, whether it's a coach, a trainer, maybe a teammate, um, you know. So I try to make myself available and have everyone trust me. But especially with the Latin players, they're my number one priority of, of them having my trust and, and vice versa. Do you ever get anybody say, you know, there's always there's always going to be someone, oh, he's not translating exactly what he just said or, or this and that. How, do, you, do you have a system down? Like, I, I'm sure there's some players that maybe go a little bit more long-winded. Some are shorter. you got to be really concentrating, knowing exactly what they said. Like, you, do you have it down, Manny, what you do? Yeah, I got my little techniques, you know, that I have that I've learned over the years as well. But um, I try to break it down, try to make it as simple as possible. Um, it helps that I pay attention during the game so I know what players are doing, what they, what they did during in that game whether it's you know good or bad hopefully more good than bad but uh you know i really try to uh be the player and so if i'm out there how am i going to feel during the interview um if i'm the one that's performing so i try to put myself into their shoes and and you know over the time you kind of get to know players so you kind of know what their responses are going to be so that's what makes it easier but at first you know you're just trying to pick up you know just keywords and key points and you know if i may not get it 100 percent accurate i at least want the message to be accurate got you just a couple more quickly it must be really cool because you throw bp you hit fungos you're you're kind of out there you're still doing baseball and then of course you have your main gig as an interpreter i would think it's a pretty nice situation that you're in right now right uh, i have fun i might have more fun than everybody else on the field because <laughs> they let me do it no I, lo I love it that's stuff i've always loved to do i love this game i think it's the greatest game in the world and and i i'm privileged to be able to be out there and doing it for fun what about this Rays organization on how successful they have been the only sport where there's no salary cap, and you see what the other high payroll teams do year in and year out. 
and you're around these players, and the players always seem to like they want to come here to Tampa Bay. Well, well, what can you tell us that you've you've noticed, man? I think it's the environment that the front office has created and the coaching staff has created, Kevin Cash especially, and I think you know it, it's a very welcoming welcoming organization um they did it to me i joined the team halfway through the year of 17 so i had you know i got thrown in right in the fire and i felt welcomed right away you know they made me feel comfortable um it's easy to communicate with people they're they're very transparent with what they want what they need what they want from you um and so i try to be the same way as i try to you know copy and emulate what they do um and just like i said from the front office down there's just a lot of good people in the organization as well all right, here's how I end all of mine. You've made it to the top. It's how you've made it to the top. You're here in Major League Baseball. What is the best piece of advice you can give someone young, whether they're a player, whether they're in sports, they're coming up, they want to make it? What's the best piece of advice you can give Manny? Just remember that we're all different. We might all have similar goals and drives, but we're all going to get there differently. No matter who you are, what school you're from, where you were raised, what you know nationality you are, just try not to compare yourself to others. Just find a way to be better every day for yourself and, and strive for your goals. That You're going to have some obstacles. There's going to be some things. Some people are going to say no to you, but there's going to be hopefully a lot more people that say yes to you and take advantage of any opportunity you can get. Do you have any bucket list? Anything uh, down the road do you want to do, or do you just want to keep doing a good job in the gig that you have? All right, just doing a good job in everything I can, and hopefully that leads to something better. Awesome. Thank you, Manny. All right. Thank you so much. Gracias. Thank you, Manny. Let me tell you a little story. So I've always seen Manny, you know, listen to his. I don't know Spanish that good. I know a couple of swear words because I grew up in Dover, New Jersey. It was a Puerto Rican community. And I told Manny, I know, I know, I know the bad words. I told him, I'm not going to say him here. I knew him since I was like 10 years old. But anyway, um, so last year there was a media game where we can actually go out on the field, play right where the major leaguers play, aluminum bats. No, no, was it wood bats? I don't even remember. But it's hardball, baseball. And we ended up playing nine innings. We used to do that every year. And then it had been many, many years. I was very, very sore. Loved it. And Manny played uh, in our media game. He helped us out. And you can just tell. Because, I mean, he's on a major league field. He's hitting fungos. He's hitting ground balls to major leaguers every day. He's throwing batting practice to major leaguers. He's, he's still a young guy. He even told me after we finished taping here, he plays in a, a men's league in the Tampa Bay St. Pete area on the side he's a great guy and he noticed that i was playing first base and he kind of like since then he gave me a fist bump this and that i actually saw manny at a at a buccaneers training camp practice i went out on the field they were all done with practice i was looking around for interviews and all of a sudden he goes hey rock hey manny what are you doing here manny this ain't the tropicana field and big smile on his face he's just one of those guys that has a great personality and not only a great personality like he's genuine and like what he said there at the end that's his biggest thing the players have to trust him you know there's probably a lot of guys out there can translate what a guy's saying in spanish to an english audience but you have to have the trust of the players it's a tight little bunch man and in that clubhouse and on that team and i'm sure they know this and that and secrets and it's very interesting when I was sitting there in the dugout just listening to Manny, when he was like, you know, I just assumed that, you know, you're an interpreter, the game is over, the media asked a question, 
You say it in Spanish to the player. The player will give an answer, and then you interpret that in band. You say it back to the uh, the media. But I didn't realize that like he has to be locked in every game, all game, and he has to know what's going on, and then he puts in his mind what that one player is thinking because he'll probably be asked about that might be a certain play it might be a situation maybe a guy screwed up most likely a guy came through big time and so he's got to pay attention man the whole game i didn't even think of that you know what i mean just think oh he's an interpreter he's going to interpret but he's so much more than that and you got to be valuable you know you got to be valuable to be able to keep you around sometimes coaches come and go now Kevin Cash has been at the helm. He mentioned another guy to me after we were done, uh, you know, taping that's been very instrumental as his kind of like mentor with the Rays that's kept him there, you know, and uh, you just have to be a good guy. What I've noticed over the years, it's the same thing for like the public relations staff. There's one head PR guy for each team, whether it's Major League Baseball, NFL, NHL, NBA, there's always that one guy, he's the head PR guy. Then he has PR assistants under him, different levels. And like, for example, when when Tom Brady was here, the GOAT, the level of fame that he's at, the amount of requests that comes in every single day for Brady, whether it's guys that have business propositions, former players that are doing things that they want to get in contact with Brady. So there's one guy, Nelson, the deal dealt with just Brady. He would deal with Brady. And then his assistant, you don't deal with Brady, come through me. But he's been through several coaching changes. And a lot of times when the head coach or like in baseball, the manager moves on, either fired or he gets another gig, new manager comes in, usually experienced. And then a lot of time they'll bring in their guys. And Nelson's been there the whole time. So it just shows you like what, you know, like Manny, there could be another interpreter. They could bring another interpreter or say a man. Let's say Kevin Cash moves on. He's a skipper of the race. Let's say he moves on. Well, you you bring in a new manager. That manager's probably managed somewhere else. He might have his own interpreter. You know what I'm saying? So you make yourself valuable to an organization, to a company. And that's what Manny does. He hits fungos. He throws BP. He'll go over and play first base during uh, infield uh, practice sometimes. He might shag balls. He's over here. He's doing something else. So just a good guy. Always seemed to just li- I always liked him. And it was really neat for him to sit down with me. And we sat down and just pick his brain on what he does and how much he loves his gig. I just love that. I love that. So thank you, Manny. Thank you, buddy. Continued success, man. I hope you can keep on going for as long as you want. Um, I was hoping this next week to bring you the senior coach, consultant, whatever his title is, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Moore. Tom Moore is 84 years old. And I went to practice last week at the end on a Friday. I was going to interview him. And then they had rain, and it changes the whole dynamic. They had a practice indoors, and then you usually get them off the field on a certain day at a certain time. You don't have much time if you want to get somebody individually. 
and I was set to do it, and then it changed. The plans changed. There was some lightning in the area, and they had to do it at a podium with the head coach, and then that means you can't grab anybody off. But anyway, I'm hoping to get him because here's a guy. I saw one quote that he gave that just stuck with me. He's 84 years old. He's seen it all. He's coached Peyton Manning. He's coached Andrew Luck, I believe. I'm not, I think. No, maybe that was Arians. Uh, but, you know, he's been, he's 84 years old, man. He's four-time Super Bowl champion. He's been offensive coordinator. He's been in the NFL for damn near close to, what, 45, 46, 47 years. Something, I think he has 47 contracts or something like that. It's just amazing. And his quote was, he's so fortunate, so lucky to be able to get up and go to work and do something that he loves. Now, there are some 84-year-olds that are like, I'm retired. I don't want to go to work because you might not have liked your job. But I was just thinking like, wow, I hope, man, I can keep on going. And I hope. And he said when he was 74 years old, he's forever indebted to a, co- a coach that gave him his shot. I know he's indebted, he said, to uh, Bruce Arians. But he's like, when you're 74 years old, nobody wants you. And now he said he loves just being around young people. He still is out there. He breaks down film. He's out on the field. He's traveling with the team. And that is great. Like, I want to keep going, man. I want to keep going. There's some that want to just kick back. I'm, I don't play golf. I don't have hobbies. I don't, I'm not a, a fisher, or a fisherman, a hunter. You know what I mean? This is what I love doing. So we'll see. We shall see. We shall see. We shall see. Um, I wanted, there was a couple of, oh, here, here's, here's something I got to bring up. Uh, something reminded me of it. Bullshitters. Bullshitters. Guys that you know that bullshit you and you believe them and you end up going on what they said and it ends up in in the end it makes you look bad because this guy bullshitted you how how many times how many times did that happen to you damn it and i don't know what it was that made me think of it this week but let me give you some examples oh i know what it was i know what it was tino martinez yankees legend played in major league baseball he was actually with the tampa bay devil rays rays for just a couple of seasons short time he tried his hand at coaching down with the marlins and one or two of the younger players like didn't they just they just weren't on the same page as tino and he's like no this isn't for me but tino is one of the most down-to-earth good best guys that i've ever been around okay and so years ago, I was playing. I played hardball, baseball, uh, till forty-four years old. Every week, year-round down here, I played in New Jersey. I played in Denver, Colorado, when I lived there. And then when I came down here, on a couple different teams, be on the same team for a long time, and we played year-round because the weather was nice. You only missed from Thanksgiving to Christmas. I would pitch every single week, seven innings or nine innings every week. So at 44, I finally had to have my shoulder done, and then I stayed out. I came back at 50. I was still in an 18 and over men's league, 
My shoulder started hurting, had to go back to the doctor. Coco Eaton goes, what are you doing? Satchel Paige eventually had to retire. What are you doing? You're 50 years old. Can't be whipping your arm around like that anymore. I said, okay. He goes, you got a son, right? Okay, you want to throw to him? Throw to him. You play in a media game, some type of local celebrity game? Do that. No more pitching competitively. I said, okay, I got you. But I was on a team, great team. Our player coach, Gumby, has passed. He was such a good guy. We were partiers. We were ragtag when we showed up. We won. We won. And then we partied. And I was working at Bay News 9 at the time. I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. There was a guy on our team, really good guy, Ozzy. He was a first baseman, did a little pitching, Spanish. He lived in West Tampa. West Tampa is where Tino Martinez grew up. It's where Lou Pinella grew up. Uh, Cubans. The, um, baseball, West Tampa, Ybor City. Hotbed for baseball. And that's where uh, Ozzy was from. So one day we're drinking some beers afterwards in the parking lot. We'd always do that. And we played, you know, after a game. And Ozzy's like, oh, man, like Tino Martinez, you know, his family still lives in the same house. Like, and, you know, Tino, somehow a ball went over like they were from the field. I think it was across the street from a field, if I'm not mistaken, in West Tampa. This is what Ozzy is telling me. And... You know, we the ball went over, and we're like, Tino. Tino pulled in. He, I guess he was visiting his family. And I think he was still on the Yankees at the time. I think he was still playing. But anyway, they were like, Tino, Tino, throw the ball over. And he's like, Tino just went in the house. He looked at us. He didn't even, he totally dissed us. And I told Ozzy, my teammate, I'm like, that doesn't sound like Tino Martinez, man. Are you sure it was Tino? Of course it was Tino. I know it was Tino. Really? Huh. So, fast forward a couple of years, I'm at a party at a former Buccaneers player's house, Ian Beckles. He used to have this party upstairs in his house. He called it the Skanctuary. And big screen TV, bar, nice couches, chairs. You'd watch games. I was honored a couple times to be invited there. And it was a who's who. And so I'm at the Skanctuary and I'm I'm there for a I it was I think it was a football Sunday or it was a big party. It might have been a Super Bowl party. I don't remember exactly what, but I'm there at the Skanctuary. Tino Martinez is there. Hey Tino, blah blah blah, we're BS and I said, Tino, I gotta ask you something. Your family, you're over in like West Tampa, right? Your family? He's like, Yeah. Do you remember a time these guys I play baseball with said that you pulled in and and the ball came over in your in that driveway and and you, you like you didn't you refused to throw it back to them and Tino's looking at me he's like no oh no this guy Ozzy man he's like you know you pulled in in a nice car you went in you don't remember this and they were all yelling at you to throw the ball back and you didn't no no it wasn't me I don't know what you're talking about and I'm like and it didn't sound like you he goes no I would never do anything like that and I'm like I think Ozzy freaking made this he bullshitted me he's bullshitting he, he, he made this up so 
I go back and I think I said to Ozzy, Ozzy's like, no, 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 he did. I said, Ozzy, give me more details. What kind of car was he driving? I'm not sure. I'm like, he freaking made this story up. It just blows me away. Got another story. I'm going to go way back now. I was a national TV reporter for FNN, Financial News Network, and it was FNN Sports. And I'm going, it was NFL training camp time. And I was covering training camps. I got a rental car. They paid for my rental car. And I was meeting crews, a camera guy. They would even have an audio guy maybe at that time. This was way back. I'm in my late, late 20s. I was a national TV reporter and it was, it was training camp time. I drive to Latrobe, Pennsylvania. The Pittsburgh Steelers it was a Catholic college. Uh, it was really neat. The terrible towel. I got Chuck Knoll. Blah, 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 blah. Now I'm making my rounds. I drive upstate New York. I go to the Buffalo Bills training camp. Now I'm going way back. A guy that was in my high school... He was one year below me. I won't even mention his name because he follows me on Facebook. He always seemed like a good guy. And I have yet, it's been how many years? 35 years? I've yet to see him in person in a corner about this. He, he goes, this guy that I went to high school with, all right, he went to the University of Miami, Hurricanes. Not to play football or anything. That's where he went to school. So I see him. Uh, I don't know, out, out and about, back home, Morris County, New Jersey, one of the bars or something, you know, when you're like 19, you know, 20 years old, 22, 25, something like that. And uh, he, he's telling me, he's like, oh, man, I'm really tight with Jim Kelly. He's in, he was in this dorm. We always hung together. We partied together. I said, really? Jim Kelly? You know, Jim Kelly, the Hall of Famer, and he had the cancer, but he went to the University of Miami. He was there the same time as my the guy that I knew that went to Morris Catholic High School, played the same team and everything. And I said, really, you know Jim Kelly? He's like, oh, man, we were so tight. We were really tight. You know, man, he did this, da, 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 da. Oh, yeah, man, I knew Jim Kelly, man. I knew him from the Canes, man. All right. So I'm covering the Buffalo Bills training camp. I talk to the PR guys like, no, you're not going to get Jim Kelly one-on-one. I'm like, okay. You know, I'm an out-of-town guy, even though I was a national reporter, this and that, this and that. So the practice is over. Jim Kelly is walking. There's a lot of fans that are around, this and that. I'm there with my camera guy. And I go up to him and he's walking. I said, hey, Jim, how you doing? I'm with FNN Sports out of LA in New York. How you doing? How you doing? Hey, man, you got a second? He's just looking at me, stops. And I said, listen, two quick questions. I just got to get you. Hey, my friend is this guy. His name is Q. He went to the University of Miami with you, man. Q, like one of your good friends. You were hanging out in the dorms and stuff. You partied with him. He's like, Never heard of him. No, Q. I mean, come on, man. You knew him. He was from New Jersey, Morris County. You don't, you, you, you. Never heard of him, man. And he walked away. That was the first time. I'm in my 20s. I could not believe that Q was, was he, 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 he made this up. And here I am in my professional life now mentioning a buddy of mine that I thought and he blew me off and I'm like damn I probably shouldn't even have said that story maybe I could have got my two quick questions in I would have got the interview I just couldn't believe it I could not believe it and it didn't look like Jim Kelly was like blow me he's like I don't know who you're talking about then I mentioned his full name not just the nickname I mentioned his full name and I'm like oh my god he made up that story he just made it up 
Huh. I got a third one. I got a third one. Luckily, these haven't been too recent. So I'm working at Bay News 9. I got a nightly show, Sports Connection. We would bring in guests. We had a limo service that we used. That was the best thing for 14 years, man. When you want to get a guest, when you want to get a pro athlete in, you got to tell them, I'll have a limo. Give me your address. I'll have a limo pick you up, bring you about a 45-minute ride to the station. We do the interview, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Boom, you get back in. Boom, you're all set. Oh, you got a limo pick me up? Sure. Sometimes they might bring a date. You know, it's nice. One former Rays pitcher proposed to his girl in the limo on the way home from, no, on the way to the the show at Bainers 9. Yeah, she comes in, this girl, very, very attractive, nice. He was a good guy, a right-handed pitcher. I don't know if I want to even say his name. They, I, I think they actually had some pro. I don't know if they made it. But anyway, she comes in. She says, oh, my God, where's the phone? I want to call my mother. I just got proposed. I'm going to get married. I got to get married. I'm like, oh, congratulations. Congratulations, dude. And then we sit down on the set and do the interview. And then, yeah, 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 yeah. Never forget that. I don't think I told that story on the hair. I don't think I have. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, so I'm playing on a different baseball team. We're playing on a team in the Tampa side sometimes tampa st p clearwater and there was a guy on my team real skinny brother named slim because he was so he was about 135 pounds man he could play baseball but he was named slim so he starts telling us in the dugout or when we're afterwards afterwards you know he's telling me that you know he's really doc gooden doc gooden is his i think he even said it was his relative relative or he was somehow related to somebody in the family and it was that close and this and that and he got a watch doc gooden gave him a watch oh he's so tight with doc gooden he would go on thanksgiving down to saint pete and a lot of the former major league players would gather and they would have this pickup game with boggs and 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 all these guys and of course gary sheffield and Slim was always telling me these stories. And I'm interviewing, I know the, you know, I'm out in the field during the week uh, interviewing some of these guys. So, and, and he was telling me like vivid details. This is the third last time I got burned about bullshitters. And so he's telling me, he shows me his aluminum bat and he goes, look at this dent. This dent was by Gary Sheffield. He just gave me the bat. Yeah, it was down in this little field in St. Pete, this recreation park that they would use Thanksgiving, and he hit a ball so hard he dented it. Yeah, this is from Sheffield. Oh, yeah, Doc Gooden. Yeah, Doc Gooden gave me this and that. I got a watch. Doc Gooden gave me this watch, this and that. Doc Gooden, you know, Doc, oh, man, you know, Dwight. So, fast forward. I send a limo. I'm I'm bringing in Doc Gooden to do the Sports Connection TV show. Doc, now Doc has had his problems with addiction. Coke, booze. But I'm telling you what, I've I've known him. He is one of the nicest guys you'd ever want to meet. He doesn't have a bad bone in his body. He just has an addiction. 
and he's fought it for years. But he's a really, really nice, soft-spoken gentleman. And I, he's, he's come in a couple of times. The one time I asked him about his dad, when his dad, he was on his in the hospital, and he couldn't make it to the game, and, and this and that. And Doc was on set with me doing the show and just started crying. And that's happened a couple of times. And when that happens, my my philosophy is just don't say anything. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, just let him have his time. Let him let him cry. You know, that's that's emotions coming out. So Doc is in, and he comes in. Doc, how are you doing? Blah blah blah. Thank you very much for doing the interview again. Thanks for coming in. Da, da, da. Hey, I gotta ask you, man. How slim? He's looking at me. Who? Slim. You know, Slim. He's from Tampa. He's on my, my, my men's league baseball team. You know, real skinny, skinny little legs. He kind of he also coaches, uh, he does flag football. You know, Slim. I don't know who you're talking about. You gave him his watch. You gave Slim his watch. He showed me the bat that Gary Sheffield, you guys are playing in a pickup game, and, and he dented, and you know, you know Slim. I don't know who you're talking about. And that that's when it realized, like, oh, my God, he was bullshitting me. Why did I bring that up? And then just move on. Just move, 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 move on. Uh, I don't know if you guys can hear, but I'm um, sitting out in this lanai. We're getting a little bit of rain, and it's hitting the uh, it's hitting the roof. It's nice, nice. But anyway, let me continue on. But anyway, so that was the third and final time. And I realized after that, no more, no more can I trust any guy that I know, so-called friend, uh, that tells me that they know somebody famous. I'm, I'm not falling for it again. But it just blows me away that somebody can BS you, <laughs> that they really are tight with somebody famous, that they aren't. How, how do you do that? How do you do that? So that was just one of the things that I wanted to, uh, I wanted, I, I just wanted to bring up. Uh, things are going good. I love the fall. We've had such a brutally hot summer. And believe me, the seasons are different down here. You know, I was talking about this with my wife. We were sitting at the football game the other night because my daughter is a cheerleader. She is a freshman. So she made the JV team and JV is freshmen and sophomores and Wednesday nights are the JV games. So we had our first JV game. Well, I haven't been to a JV game and I don't even know how long. And I told her when I played, there was freshman football. Nobody came. There was JV. I didn't want to cut my hair and I didn't want to carry bags. So I didn't go out. I know my, my father was mad. I wish I would have redone things, but whatever. But nobody went. Nobody went to JV games. Nobody went. Down here, you have to pay to go. You should see when we pulled in, it was an away game. You should have seen how many people were at this game. And it was JV. And we were walking in. And I'm telling my wife this. And she always she always keeps going like, stop comparing. You're aging yourself. Stop always what happened to you. I'm like, I, I, I got to Like, I'm just, I can't help it. Like when I, I'm not, I'm not trying to be that old guy, get off my lawn or th I'm not saying things were better back in the day. I'm not that 
I'm living in the now. That's why I'm covering the Bucks and the Rays and Lightning. I'm still in the game. I'm in it now. I'm not like, oh, years ago we used to do this. But I just happened to say, like, freshman, there, are, there, there is no freshman football down here it, or J, freshman cheer. It's it's JV and then it's varsity. But I just like, I, I was blown away by the size of the crowd and under the lights and a PA system, the scoreboard was working. It was incredible. It was incredible. But my wife says, stop comparing. So I better watch out for that. You know what I'm saying? But it was the first time, really, because my son, Hunter, he was not, he did not play in the local sport. So I just hadn't experienced it. But I do love the fall and the fact that it's not 95 degrees at night is just, I'm just loving it. And I started thinking about it, like, because back in when I was in Jersey, even if when I lived in Colorado, like October was always my favorite month. And I'll tell you what, man, and when you come down here, October, it's still hot, but I just love it. I love the fall. I don't know what it is. I think it's also because it's football season. Everything seems to be better. Everything seems to be better for me. Um, And I was also thinking, like when I first came down here full time, when I got the job in W970 WFLA, I, I drove from Denver, Colorado to here and they had a Christmas party the first year that I was here, a company Christmas party. It was a 93.3 Power Pig. Power Pig, hello, FLZ and FLA. That was the only in the building, the Scandi Boulevard in Tampa. And sometimes they'll have it out at a restaurant, but this one was at the station. They had a red carpet. They allowed you to go see. The big thing then was like nighttime, Bubba the Love Sponge. He was huge. A lot of the politicians, sponsors, they all wanted to go in to see him. I would sit in the 970 WFLA newsroom, sports room, and like an older couple came in. They were the only ones who wanted to get a tour of the newsroom. Everybody wanted to see the shock jock. There's going to be any strippers, stuff like that. You know, the shenanigans going to go on. But anyway, they had it catered. And they had outside, and it was Jambala, Jambala, you know, um, you know what I'm getting at, the cuisine, but they had it out. And because, and it was early December, and it was my first winter here in Florida. And I remember uh, because it had been out for several hours, several people got food poisoning because of the heat. And I'm like, a Christmas party? Heat? <laughs> heat? And then I just started thinking about holiday parties. There was one Christmas party that we had at Bay News 9. And I had a pre-party at my condo. I had just started dating Emily. And I was pounding. I, I invited a lot of people. Had a big pre-party. Made it over to the main party at the place. And I remember I was I was over the limit, man, already. And I remember walking in, uh, going next to Daryl Strawberry's wife. She was a... Uh, she got a job on Bay News 9, kind of like a reporter feature type thing. And here, Daryl Strawberry's having um, problems with booze. And here I am, because I threw a party. Not a good idea to, to, to kind of get over the limit buzzed at your corporate party. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I never did that again. And actually, I haven't been invited to too many because that's just how it goes. But anyway, Halloween's coming up and this and that. And 
plenty of time to get to some of those stories. But anyway, everything's going good. We're, I'm loving football season. And I really do. I just want to take time to thank you guys. Despite everything that's going on, this is the one constant. This podcast, once a week. And you that have been loyal listening to me all this time, I really appreciate you. I really, really do. Because when you get out of the mainstream, not full time at a gig, and less people want to contact you, go near you, you know what I mean? You guys, that you that have been listening to me all this time, I really, I just appreciate it so much. So, if you're not subscribed, hit that subscribe button. If you can leave a comment, a four-star, five-star deal review, that'd be great, man. That would help me out. But, uh, much appreciated. And, oh, let me, let, 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 me, let me bring this over here. I don't know if you can hear this hitting now. Ooh, I don't know if you can hear that. It's a nice little afternoon thunderstorm. I got some trees here outside this lanai. A little bit of my little woods action here. Very little, nice little corner. And uh, all is good. All is good. I wish all the best to you guys. And I'll talk to you next week. We'll do it again. 